Hello, welcome to Revealed in Ephesians. My name is Brianna, and we are back with week three, day two, and we are learning about walking in victory and Christ, and we are learning about our exclusive position in Christ, seated with Him in the heavenly realms today. We're going to be digging into this over the next several days, and I absolutely love this topic. When the Lord unveiled this to me when I was studying Ephesians, this transformed me. The Lord really, it took my breath away when I began to realize everything we have in Christ, because really, When we're believers, most of the time we've just put our heads down and move forward in life, one foot in front of the other, just step, step, step. But there is more to our walk with the Lord than same old, same old. There is more. And most people barely scratch the surface in their relationship with God. The Lord is looking to go deeper with you. He wants to speak to you Um He wants to minister to your heart. He wants to draw close to you. He wants to transform you. So let's start out with our prayer, asking the Lord to bring that revelation and bring that transformation today. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you are glorious. We thank you, Father, for sending your son Jesus to die for our sins. Lord, thank you that in our wretchedness, in our unbelief, um, in the mess that we've messes we've gotten ourselves into over the years of our lives, that you have been faithful to send your son Jesus to die for our sins, to take the punishment for our sins, Lord, to raise us up to life with your son Jesus. And Lord, we have a hard time wrapping our minds around this in our hearts. So God, can you open us up today by your spirit? Please go to whoever is listening to this and give them a spiritual insight by your spirit, your spirit that brings wisdom and revelation to understanding things that they have never known before, ways they can overcome and have victory in Christ, not by their own fleshly efforts, but by the power of God, by you directing our steps and speaking to speaking to us. Lord, I think of that verse that says that there will be a voice that says, this is the way, walk in it. And you have a way for us to walk. And many times we don't know what that is. We feel like we're in the dark. So Lord, open our eyes, light our path. Let your word be the light to our path, Lord, that we would not have a mystical view of you, um, that we're going to get some kind of information from you, Lord, that you haven't already revealed in your word. Lord, let us pursue you through your word, but then may your spirit bring it to us in a practical, life-changing, transformative way today. God, bring hope, bring bring power, the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ to raise us up out of our circumstances, out of our sin, and to seat us with you in heavenly realms where our lives are hidden with you in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. So today, we are going to be talking about contrasting kingdoms, and this is still something from week um, three, day one, contrasting kingdoms, because when we look at Ephesians 2, 1, it says, as for you, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So ding, ding, ding. My eyes happen to notice, my spirit notices this word kingdom. 
that there is a kingdom that you belong to before you belong to God in his kingdom. There's no like, I have one foot in one kingdom and one foot in the other. I used to live in state line Pennsylvania as a little girl, and I would like occasionally to go over. Um, it was about a mile down the road or so, or half a mile down the road, and put one foot in Pennsylvania and one foot in Maryland. And I could say I was in two states at once. Um, but there's no putting two feet, um, your two feet in two different states. You're either in God's kingdom or you're in the kingdom of the, the world. And the enemy, the devil, is the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. And that word work in the Greek, it actually implies um, it actually implies an energy, an energy and a power like like bringing a an energy source full circuit to light a light bulb. So before you are in Christ, you can have energy to do all kinds of things. You can have energy to create and to do beautiful, make beautiful music or to build big buildings or to plan great plans. And you have a mind that God gave you that thinks and can think really lofty thoughts. And there is energy that is motivating you. And many people find spiritual energy spiritual energy, and you can go into um, different religions other than Christianity and experience a spirit, spiritual phenomenon, spiritual energies. Those things do exist. And right here is an example of it because it says that the enemy is the ruler of the kingdom of the air and that he is at work and bringing this energy at work in those who are disobedient. And so, don't believe like all other religions. If you hear stories about supernatural things happening, a lot of people will say, oh, that's just made up or that's fantasy or that's a fairy tale, but only Jesus has power. That's not true. It says here in Ephesians that the devil has power and that he gives that power and that authority to work in people who are in his kingdom. Why? Because it gives them a sense of strength. It gives them a strength, sense of power. It can also bring delusion. The Bible says that in the end times, there will be a great delusion that comes over the people, and there will be a great falling away, even from the people of God. So the enemy brings that delusion, and he brings that power, and there are supernatural things that can happen in the spirit realm, but they are not from the the Holy Spirit. They can be from, and I'm not trying to scare anyone here, but they can be from evil spirits or from demonic presence. Um, and some people will be into the worship of angelic beings. Um, there is no place in scripture that teaches us to pray to angels or that we should be trying to communicate with angels. We are taught exclusively in scripture to worship God only, to pray to God. And God, it says in Psalm 91, will command his angels concerning you. So our relationship with is with God, and God has a relationship with the angels. And those angels are assigned to protect you and to watch over you. And they have authority and power in this world, and the enemy has authority and power in this world. And when you walk in the ways of the world, like it says in verse three, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. You can have a fulfillment from that. Our flesh 
loves to be fulfilled. Our flesh loves to have enjoyment and things that bring it pleasure. In fact, God created us for pleasure. God created us to enjoy this life. So why is it wrong to enjoy things? Well, it's not wrong to enjoy things, but if if we are chasing after things and we're trying to gratify our flesh constantly, um, many times our flesh, most of the time actually, our flesh is going to direct us away from God. Um, our flesh wants, wants to be built up and God wants to build up our spirits. One of the cravings of the flesh is pride and the desire to feel good about ourselves. And I'm not talking about in a way that's like, oh, I'm so proud of my kids. I love my kids. Um, Or like feeling confident. I'm not talking about confidence. I'm talking about pride. And gratifying the flesh is frequently doing things for myself, making myself feel better, putting myself before other people, putting my needs before other people's needs. And God is the exact opposite of this. God pours himself out for us. And as children of God, when we have been made alive in Christ we, and the Holy Spirit is in us, we are going to be more and more like God in our nature. That doesn't mean we're going to become God, but we're going to begin to look like Jesus and wanting to put Jesus first and not trying to put ourselves first. It says, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. This is so powerful. So we go from, on one hand, being part of the kingdom of the enemy or the kingdom of this world, which is energized and ruled by the enemy, the devil, who has authority in this world. And it is limited because God has greater authority than the devil, but he does have authority and he does have power. And we're taken from being a part of this and being under him and under his control and manipulation, and we're removed from that death and that wrath of God, and we're redeemed and adopted into his family, and we're raised up with Christ. So what happened to Christ in Ephesians 1? It says he was raised up and he was seated. He ascended. He was seated with God in heavenly realms. And since we were raised up with him, we are seated with him in heavenly realms Why? So in order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. This is something no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has understood what the Lord has planned for those who are his children in heaven. It's not like sitting on a cloud with a harp with, you know, like cherubic wings and a little halo. It's not cartoonish. It is more beautiful and more real than the most beautiful thing you've ever experienced on earth. It's greater than the most beautiful sunset you've ever seen or the best food you've ever eaten. So what God has for you in heaven is amazing. So we're going to read this from Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, 
then you also will appear with him in glory. So it says that we are hidden, that our lives are hidden currently in heaven, in Christ with God. So this is in Colossians. It's in Ephesians. You are already hidden in heaven. Your spirit is alive in Christ. And guess what? You are part of the body of Christ. You are part of the bride of Christ. You are redeemed. So if we chase after the things of this world and we're just thinking about the now, the here and now, and we never grasp this reality in a spiritual way, we will live as if all we belong to is this world. I saw a meme on Facebook, and I don't like to make big theological statements from memes, but it was something like, your child has such a small percentage of a chance in getting to be a professional athlete, but they have a 100% chance of standing before God someday and answering to him, take your child to church. (laughs) And that hit home for me because my kids are athletes. And I know like right now there's such a drive with sports and sports moms to get your kids in sports and and really many times, and I have to walk this fine line with my children in sports and saying, okay, how do I communicate to my kids what is the most important thing? If I am always telling my kids, oh, it's okay, it's okay, you know, God will understand and God does understand and God does have grace. But if always, if God is always the relationship that gets put on the back burner so that we can pursue something in the flesh, we are teaching our children a lesson that God is happy being in the backseat of our life while athletics or music or our careers are in the front seat of our life. And we need to, to get our priorities straightened out before the Lord. And I'm not trying to condemn anybody because as I said, I'm a sports mom and it is a very difficult, difficult balance being to walk on, but we need to understand what are we teaching our children? Maybe not even with our words, because most of us would never say, well, put God, you know, put God on the back burner for six months while we're in this sport. But by our actions, we communicate to our children that it isn't important to be committed to the Lord. It isn't important to, to worship Him. And we also tell our children that, and I, I believe this, that we communicate to our children that we are strong enough in our own flesh to miss a bunch of church and still survive as a believer. I, I have to say that I could not personally do that. I could not personally miss a whole lot of church and still walk in a victorious Christian life. Why? Because God did not create us to walk in a life where we're separated from other people. He created us to be part of his body and to live with one another in fellowship. He created us to pray with one another. I was in a prayer meeting last night with some amazing women, and we had the most powerful fellowship and prayer for two hours. It did not even feel like two hours, but we were bringing our children before the Lord. We were bringing our nation before the Lord. We were seeking the Lord. He was speaking through people. He was speaking to our hearts. And that is literally the most amazing feeling 
I have ever had in my entire life. When I am with other believers and we are praying and we are ministering to one another and we are building each other up when we're weak and people are sharing like their sicknesses and their struggles and we're seeing those prayers answered. If we tell ourselves and we tell our children that we don't need to be a part of that, we don't need to be a part of a place where we're accountable to other believers and and we're hearing from the Lord, we're teaching them to be earthly minded. We're teaching them that they can have a life in Christ separated from other believers and that we don't need to be committed to the Lord. And I'm not talking about legalism, ladies. I'm just saying, seek the Lord on that. Go before him and say, God, what am I passing on to my children? Am I teaching them that their value and worth, the most important thing that we can invest in in their lives is spiritual or is it physical? Um, I'm teaching them grace. I definitely teach my children grace all the time. But imagine if you were, um, imagine your relationship with your spouse or with a boyfriend or with a best friend. And if that spouse is always like, oh, they'll understand. I just won't go today. Oh, they'll understand. I won't be there. Um, I won't make that birthday party. I won't go to this special thing for them they'll understand because we have a great relationship and they'll love me no matter what. It's kind of a one-sided relationship in that situation. Um, when we're expecting God to love us and we're not ever wanting to show up for him or to teach our children to show up for him. And so in that one case, in that one situation, and I'm not saying just with sports, but with everything, what are we teaching our children to be committed to? And, um, And we're not teaching our children in a guilting, um, harsh way, but just a life that is is doing what is right, joyfully, joyfully worshiping the Lord in hard times and in good times. I know that there are times when I am broken and I have had the worst week and I've I've cried and I've struggled. And you know what? The best place for me is is that prayer meeting or that service um, or going out with that friend and talking to that friend um, who's a believer and having coffee with them. It's not isolating myself. It's being a part of the body of Christ that is seated with Christ in heavenly realms. It's experiencing heaven on earth in those relationships. And that is just one step towards victory. When we start saying no to the things of this world and saying yes to Jesus, and not in a legalistic way, but in a way that is embracing the joy and the authenticity and the openness of our relationships with one another and our commitment, our commitment to Christ and our commitment and faithfulness to serve Him. I'm going to leave you with that today. Tomorrow, we are going to talk about over coming the difficult things in our lives in a personal way, those anxieties, those fears, maybe anger or strained relationships. So come back tomorrow for week three, day three. 